go. It's the Wednesday edition of Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this November the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. And what are we going to be talking about today? Well, there are various occasions the church goes through. The most important, of course, is Easter and Christmas and Pentecost and the season of Advent, the season of Lent. But then there are other occasions or reasons why we want to focus the worship service on a particular item. Uh, Those would be like maybe July 4th, Independence Day, Thanksgiving. And we recently at the congregations I serve in central Illinois wanted to talk about the LWML, Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And the Sunday that they had asked to at least be talked about or let the people know what work they had to do was the Sunday where this reading was found in Mark chapter 10. So I'm going to read the reading and explain what has this got to do with the LWML. And they came to Jericho. This is verse 46 of Mark 10. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now, Bartimaeus is simply the way that you would say the son of Timaeus. Bar is the word for son. And so that's why he was the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. Like we'll have Johnson, who was obviously a son of John. He was a blind beggar. He was therefore sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that's very interesting what he's asking for. What, why is he asking for mercy? Well, we've talked a lot about this with Mark Smith, the difference between mercy and grace and justice. Now, God is just in the sense that it's not for just no reason that he forgives your sins. He does so on the basis of the death of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And because of that death, he took upon himself your sins. He paid the punishment for you. And so therefore, God justly can forgive your sins. But in the world's religions, the idea of God being just doesn't mean that. It means instead that he is going to do to you what you deserve. Like somebody robs a bank and they go to court, they are dealt with justly if they are found guilty. 
In other words, they're going to be spending some time in prison. That's how the world thinks of justice. So that justice has to do with kind of a karma. In other words, you get what you deserve. And therefore, when the religion, every religion in the world outside of Christianity talks about salvation, it always does so on the basis of works. Namely, if you do enough works, you will be saved. I was listening to a sermon last night, not by a Lutheran pastor by any means, and I listened to the whole sermon. It was on the Internet, and not once did he talk about the forgiveness of sins. Instead, he gave the impression that God is not in charge of what happens on the earth, but you are in charge of what happens on the earth. And you, therefore, because Jesus has risen from the dead and is in heaven, you have his power to do whatever needs to be done. It was a very sad sermon because I'm sure those who are listening realize they cannot do what needs to be done in order to be saved. I mean, that was clear from Mark chapter 10 earlier with the rich man, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So the son of Timaeus calls out Jesus, son of David. Now, that is a title that those looking forward to the coming of the Messiah would be using because son of David, what does that mean? Well, Jesus spoke about that that even though he was before David, he was the son of David. Now, see, the Bible is filled with apparent contradictions. How can somebody be someone's son if they were born or if they existed before the person? Well, we have to understand about the incarnation Jesus was from the seed of David. And David, of course, king of Israel, and God really loved David as he loves everyone. But Jesus was from the seed of David. Had Solomon not been born, had Ruth not got married, the line to Jesus would have been broken but now it is not. He's the son of David. So Bartimaeus, a blind man, definitely does have an understanding of looking forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. And that's going to be through the Messiah, the son of David. So when he says, have mercy on me, he doesn't ask for justice in the sense, look, I'm a pretty good guy, therefore I should be healed. No, having mercy means that he will not receive what he deserves. So what's he asking? Well, we're going to find out in a moment. 
but he's making a lot of noise, calling on Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Now, you got to remember, there were definitely Pharisees there, and they didn't want Jesus in any way be spoken of as a fulfillment of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Savior. So that's one reason some were rebuking him, because he was giving too much credit to Jesus. Second of all, you got to remember, he's a blind beggar. In Judaism at that time, it was very clear that God gave to people what they deserved, and therefore the Pharisees, who had rich clothing, maybe owned many sheep, they were rich people, they got that because God so loved them more than he loved others. And therefore, if you were blind, mute, deaf, lame, or had some other physical impairment like leprosy, this was some kind of punishment from God, giving you what you deserve. And these people were not permitted into the temple proper. They did have a place called the area for the Gentiles, where women, children, and these folks were permitted to worship. But they were not permitted in the temple proper because they were being punished by God. And so the Pharisee would say, thank God I'm not like that tax collector. And what's the reason? Does he say, because I believe in Jesus as my Savior? No, Jesus isn't even mentioned. Instead, what he mentions is he's obeying not the moral law, but the ceremonial laws. I'm fasting. I'm tithing. And that's even how the Apostle Paul, before he was converted, thought that he was a perfect individual because he was following the ceremonial laws. And as the Sermon on the Mount, I've said this many a time, we sin not just by doing something wrong, but by thinking or saying something wrong. Therefore, murder occurs not just when you do a violent action against a person, but when you speak against them in anger or think about in an angerly way who they are. So Jesus is hearing, and what does he say? He says, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. And Bartimaeus is so excited, he throws off his cloak, springs up, and comes to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now, is that the kind of 
request you would want a person to have to Jesus? Doesn't that sound kind of selfish? But you got to remember, he believes that Jesus is someone special. That's why he calls him the son of David. And that's why he asks for mercy. And who alone can give mercy? Only God. And so when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now, the wording there makes it clear that at one time he did have sight and he had to recover it, have it restored. And that's what he's asking for. So you would think Jesus would say, well, don't you want the forgiveness of sins? Don't you want heaven as your home? But Jesus already knew his heart. He could read that because of what he had referred to Jesus as the son of David, to have mercy on me. And so in verse 52, what does Jesus say? Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him. Now, your faith has made you well. That phraseology refers not only to physical wellness, but also spiritual wellness. There's no doubt that through the faith of many people, God responds. In fact, it only takes one person. The prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And I was like thinking about Hezekiah, who had been told by the prophet he was a king, and he was told by the prophet that he was going to die soon. And he began to pray to God that he would be able to live longer. And Hezekiah was a very faithful king. He had destroyed idols of others. He even did something that you may recall when the people were really in the wilderness and they were disobedient to God, he sent poisonous snakes. And of course, they realized their sinfulness, asked Moses to ask God to save them. And what did Moses do according to God's instructions? He put up a brass serpent. And whoever looked at that serpent, he would be healed. And John, uh, the apostle, says in John 3 that Jesus was raised up, referring to the cross, in the same way that that brass serpent was raised up. And whoever looks to Jesus is saved. So Jesus is simply saying, go your way. Your faith has made you well because of his trust in Jesus. And immediately he recovered his sight and follows him. Now, what has that got to do with the LWML? When they meet, and they meet every two years, they not only have worship, they not only have 
information they receive, but they also make decisions as to where they're going to send the money that they have raised. Now, how does the LWML, the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, raise funds? Uh, They do it a number of ways, but one way is through mite boxes. That's a little box, and I remember my mother had one, and they would put change in it every now and then, and then about every two or three months, they would give whatever was in there to the church, and in our situation, half of it goes to a larger part of the church, namely the Central Illinois District. There's 35 districts in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and then half stays for also work in the large LWML. So at their last meeting, they began to choose and elect where money would be going. Now, Lutheran Women's Missionary League, uh, the main thing that we are to do is to get the word of God out. So they gave $100,000 to the Lutheran Theological Seminary in Novosibirsk, Siberia. I also am involved with Concordia Mission Society, and we gave over $200,000 to that uh, about two months ago. In uh, other words, serving the Theological Seminary in Novosibirsk. Some years ago, almost 30 years ago, I went to Novosibirsk and I taught law and gospel there to the Russian students at that seminary and also to those at the University of Tomsk in Russia. And so they are bringing Lutheran pastors into areas of Russia where they erect a church and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then you've got other things they're doing. They gave another 100000 to educate pastors in Africa. And then for the Lutheran Braille workers, they gave 100000 for sharing Jesus' love in India. But then there are other things they were doing, which kind of reminds us of Bartimaeus because he had needs. So they gave $50,000 to Helping Hands for Lutheran Deaf Outreach. They gave $70,000 as Hope of Christ for cancer patients. And they gave... 68000 for mercy medical care in Tanzania. In other words, what the blind Bartimaeus incident reminds us of, that as Jesus himself says, there are two summaries of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And the second, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
So this is part of the work of the church in not only sharing word and sacrament ministry, which the LWML is strongly supporting, but also in physical needs. So Bartimaeus asked that he could receive his sight. And as I already mentioned, they already have money that they had given for blind ministry. So the LWML, if you're in a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod, then ask for a mite box. You don't even have to be a woman. <laughs> you can even be a man and have a mite box in order to help give the message of Jesus Christ and taking care of the needs of other people. Now, the LWML has a pledge that we said in church together with the entire congregation. And let me read you the pledge. In fervor gratitude for the Savior's dying love and his blood-bought gift of redemption, we dedicate ourselves to him with all that we are and have, and in obedience to his call for workers in the harvest fields, we pledge him our willing service wherever and whenever he has need of us. We consecrate to our Savior our hands to work for him, our feet to go on his errands, our voice to sing his praises, our lips to proclaim his redeeming love, our silver and our gold to extend his kingdom, our will to do his will, and every power of our life to the great task of bringing the lost and the erring into eternal fellowship with him. And then amen. Now, in the congregation that I was serving, we heard that in 2019, they had raised over $4,000, and they decided to give $400 each to the Orphan Grain Chain Train, LCMS World Relief, Alaska Missions for Christ, Lutheran World Relief Clean Water, and other things. Plus, they also had events. This church had a parking lot sale. What did they do? They encouraged members to bring things to the parking lot on a certain day, Saturday, and they would then put them up for sale. And the money that they would get, they would then be able to give. They, they raised $1,000 and gave that to the Orphan Grain Train an organization that brings food to those in need of it. They also supplied funding to the Dakota Boys and Girls Ranch Home. Now, when the people walked into church, there were 
23 quilts that they had made during the year. And these were made by the Lutheran women, and they were on the back of the various pews. You could hardly sit anywhere in the church without a quilt being behind you. And that was a lot. The previous year, I remember they only had three or four pews with quilts because of the virus. They hadn't been able to meet that much. And I asked the question, did one woman make each quilt? So there were 23 women, and they said, no, we make them as a group. We meet together, and we all work on the same quilt doing various things. So that's another way in which they supply these beautiful quilts to those who are in need. And then we're part of, as I said, the Central Illinois District. And they gave quite a bit of money to Camp Silka, also to fill the hunger of those in Asia who had terrible disasters and student aid for church workers, as well as food banks in St. Louis and the Fort Wayne seminaries. So we ask you to pray for the LWML, the men's prerogative. There is the LLL, Lutheran Layman's League. But at that church, we had a special service for the LWML and really appreciated what was given. So thanks so much, LWML, and thanks for having a Bible verse where Bartimaeus asked for something that was on a physical level and Jesus supplied it because he loves his neighbor. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Wes Reimnitz, We'll be doing a subject that you will find interesting. Join us at 9.30. Until then, I'm Pastor Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.